CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Monday, January 29th, 2024, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm your host, Jen Snassi. Let's dive into those prices. According to Coindesk Indices, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin was trading down slightly over the past 24 hours, but up 5.5% on the week, trading at $42,079. Ether also fell slightly on the day, sitting at 2256 and was roughly flat on the week. Today's mover in the Coindesk Market Index is Storge, ticker S-T-O-R-J, up 13% on the day. And in traditional markets, both the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 fell slightly on Friday, but both were up week to week. U.S. traders eagerly await the outcome of this week's FOMC meeting. Lastly, in commodities, the Brent crude oil benchmark was trading at $82.74 a barrel. Meanwhile, gold was trading at $2,029 an ounce. For more on markets action, let's bring in Ryan Rasmussen, crypto analyst at Bitwise. All right, let's talk about those crypto markets. What are you watching today? You know, I think one thing you mentioned that everyone's watching is the results of the FOMC meeting this week. That's going to have a big impact on which way markets move from a risk on perspective. So that's that's the main thing that I'm watching this week. Of course, we're we're keeping an eye on the flows in and out of these Bitcoin ETFs. That's still front of our mind at Bitwise. So those are the two things I'm thinking about. What do you expect to see at the FOMC meeting? I think we'll hold flat this this FOMC meeting. I, there are expectations that rates could cut later on this year, but I think right now in the first half of the year, really, I would expect us to just maintain uh, the current interest rate levels and would be surprised if we see a hike in interest rate levels today. Unpack that a little bit more for us. We talk about risk assets, crypto falls into that category. If that happens, how do you expect to see the crypto markets move? Yeah, so crypto certainly falls into that risk assets category. When interest rates are going up, we tend to see the selling off of risk assets. These are things like equities, like alternative assets, like crypto, especially given how volatile it is, historically speaking. So if interest rates maintain the current levels, I think that meets expectations. We see crypto maintaining its kind of price levels today, Bitcoin in the, in the 40K range. If we see rates increase, that's generally a sign that investors can get higher yield elsewhere in the markets. That's when investors tend to go risk off, meaning that they go to less risky investments like treasuries that can generate a decent yield. So if interest rates maintain their current levels, we would see maybe markets say the same. If interest rates go up, we could see a little bit of a sell-off. And then, of course, if interest rates come down, investors are seeking 
better yield opportunities outside of treasuries. And that's when we start to see investors look towards risk assets like equities, like tech, like Bitcoin, like crypto. And so that's really what we think we need to see for this next leg up in the market cycle is interest rates being dropped a little bit from where they stand today. I want to get into Bitwise's Q4 report in just a second, but we're talking about Bitcoin now. And I know back in December, you predicted that Bitcoin could reach $80,000, hitting a new all-time high after the approval of an ETF. And the halving, the ETF approval has happened. We're expecting the halving to happen later on this year. Do you still stand behind that prediction? We do. We do. We didn't think that there was going to be this immediate move to 80K or higher following Spot Bitcoin ETF launches. We, we did expect the Spot Bitcoin ETF to launch this year, and we expect that to happen most likely in January. So we're happy about getting that prediction right. But we didn't think that markets would move from 45 or 48K up to 80K overnight. What we expect to happen is investors to come into this space who have been sidelined from investing in Bitcoin. These are traditional investors like institutional investors and financial advisors who have really been waiting for that ETF format in order to allocate to crypto, in order to allocate to Bitcoin, really. And so now that we have those, those gates open, we're obviously seeing billions of dollars flow into the space. We've seen that with the launch of these Bitcoin ETFs and with over 5 billion in flows coming into these products. And so that's one catalyst. Of course, the halving is another catalyst that we're really excited about. We think that attention will start to shift towards the halving in the next month or two after the Bitcoin ETF hype wears down. And then after that, you know, I think we'll have those two catalysts. We could have interest rates come down like we talked about a bit earlier. And those three things combined in our eyes sets a great path ahead for Bitcoin hitting that 80K or higher price level. Okay, we're going to come to Bitcoin a little bit later in this interview, but we got to get to that Q4 report. I know uh, one of the charts that stood out to me this morning while I was reading it was the performance of the Bitwise 10 large cap crypto index and its constituents. You know, the, the chart takes a look at Solana, Avalanche, Chainlink, among others. If you're looking to a layer one outside of Solana, any other big performers that you're keeping an eye on? Oh, that's a really good question. I think there's two that I'm really excited about. Ethereum, of course, maintains front of mind for us. There's such uh, such exciting developments on layer two ecosystems. We have EIP 4844, which is an upgrade to the Ethereum ecosystem that we expect to see later this year. And I think that creates a really great setup for layer two solutions for the applications that we built on top of layer two solutions, because it'll reduce the cost that layer twos are paying to settle on Ethereum mainnet. And so Really excited about the developments that we expect to see across the Ethereum ecosystem this year. And then I would say Cosmos is another one that we're keeping an eye on. We're seeing a lot of interesting things pop up on the app chain front. And Injective is one asset that has been seeing a lot of excitement recently and has had great price appreciation. For example, it's like a, a DeFi-focused app chain using the Cosmos tech stack. So those are two areas of the L1 space besides Solana that I'm keeping an eye on this year. You know, we talk about these ecosystems so often. We watch the prices go up and the prices go down. Have you been taking a look at where the users are going? Where are users really interested in operating? Um, does one ecosystem stand out above the others to you? Yeah, certainly it does. I mean, Ethereum continues to dominate from a layer one network perspective in most metrics, whether that's users or developers or transactions or anything of that type. So Ethereum continues to to be the leader by far. They have a ton of daily active users compared to, you know, Cardano, for example, or even an Avalanche, for example. And so uh, Ethereum, you know, it, it has such a lead on the other L1s having been around for so much longer and having, you know, now had so many developers and users and applications really 
dive into the Ethereum space. So that one continues to lead the pack. I, I wouldn't expect them to lose that advantage regardless of how well these other L1s do. They really have the, uh, the strong network effects of being the first mover in the space. When we talk about Ethereum, we got to talk about those layer twos. Any standout layer twos for you when it comes to users or price action? Yeah, certainly. I mean, Polygon continues to be the leading layer two when it comes from users' perspective or, or number of transactions, for example. Uh, they've been around the longest, certainly, compared to Arbitrum or Optimism or Base. And so I think Polygon stands out from that perspective. They actually have, they, they also have a really strong marketing ecosystem and a ton of great partnerships. So they are doing a great job building a brand for their layer two. But I, we've really seen some new, uh, new newer entrants you know, come in hot. And so I think base is one of those that people are really excited about. That's obviously Coinbase's layer two scaling solution. And Coinbase has so many users that it's a uh, easy transition to go from the Coinbase app to the Coinbase wallet to base layer two. That's built using the OP stack, which is the optimism stack. And so we're really excited around other scaling solutions, kind of building off of that and using that technology. And then ZK Sync kind of popped up recently as one of those ones that's seeing a lot of traction as well. So it's really exciting space to watch, a lot of unfolding. Ryan, I'm happy you brought up Coinbase's base because back in December, you tweeted a prediction that Coinbase revenue would double, beating Wall Street expectations by at least 10%. Uh, do you still stand by that prediction? And why do you think that's going to happen as we move into 2024? Yeah, Jed, we, we do still stand by that prediction. There's a couple of reasons why. I mean, first and foremost, and, and maybe like most simply, Wall Street just doesn't understand Coinbase's business model. When we put this prediction out, we kind of were looking across the ecosystem to see what are people getting wrong. And one thing that we noticed when we pulled the Coinbase forecast from Wall Street analysts for 2024 was that analysts were predicting essentially a flat year from 2023 to 2024. I think the consensus revenue estimates were around 8 to 10% higher than 2023. And we just thought that was simply wrong. There's so many bullish catalysts for Coinbase as a business. Base is just one of those, the layer two scaling solution we were just talking about. They're also expected, if we are in a bull market indeed, which we believe we are, to see a spike in trading volume. They're the custodian for nine of the 11 spot Bitcoin ETFs that just launched earlier this month. That means they get revenue for every asset that flows into that area and into those products. Then they have their hand in a bunch of other spaces of the ecosystem. That's stable coins with USDC, perpetual futures and derivatives with those exchanges they've launched. They're an international business. And, and really, they, they just provide so many services across the crypto ecosystem that to us, it feels like a no-brainer that their revenue is going to spike in 2024, coming off of a great year in 2023, but still you know emerging from the bear market of 2022. And that's a multi-year process for a company as big as Coinbase. Any other crypto equities you're watching? You know, miners are really exciting. I, you know, one thing that miners provide is kind of this turbo beta to Bitcoin, generally speaking. When Bitcoin does well, Bitcoin miners do extremely well. And, and of course, the inverse is true. So we're, we're paying attention to miners. The halving will certainly have an impact on the business of miners. The rewards that they're mining every single block will be cut in half. And so uh, they need to increase their efficiency with expanding their operations. You know, there's only so much that you can do from uh, improving the technology perspective. And so Really, we have to focus on ramping up production and increasing efficiency. Uh, and then as more people use the Bitcoin network for things like ordinals and, and other use cases, which we're certainly seeing pop up in 2023 and have traction going into 2024, that could also increase the miners' revenue. So I say Bitcoin miners, Coinbase certainly are some of the top crypto equities that we're paying attention to. I know mining equities were down recently. Is there a certain something you're looking for when you're looking at mining equities, maybe it maybe diversification as we head into the 
having what makes a mining company stand out as as we head into the having and rewards are going to be reduced. A couple of things stand out to me. I mean, the cost to mine is so important, right? You need to be profitable at a relatively reasonable Bitcoin price. So a lot of these miners, you know, their profitability level is in the teens. So for every Bitcoin they mine, it costs them 10 to 20,000, probably close to that 20,000 mark. And so with the price of Bitcoin sitting around 40K or 50K, that's a really profitable business. But what we saw in the last bear market with the price of Bitcoin falling down to the 20K and lower level was that a lot of miners just simply weren't profitable mining Bitcoin at that price point. So what we look for is low cost of mining relative to the price of Bitcoin and where we think the price of Bitcoin is going to be in the future. Okay, Ryan, just before we wrap, I have to ask you about this prediction that you tweeted about in December that Taylor Swift is going to launch an NFT. We know Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend, is heading to the Super Bowl. Do you still think Taylor is going to launch an NFT this year? And if so, is that going to drive renewed interest in the NFT market? Well, what, what better format to launch an NFT than the biggest sporting event in the world? Uh, but, but even though I think it's unlikely that she does that at the Super Bowl, but it's, it's very exciting. I mean, one thing that we've been paying attention to recently is the use cases that NFTs unlock, whether that's ticketing or whether that's music NFTs or, or real estate NFTs or a number of other use cases. They, they have such a strong power to, uh, to build brands, to help expand brands and improve efficiency in which artists and other companies are connecting with their customers and fan base. And so we do think that we'll see more and more mainstream artists get into NFTs this cycle. It would be great to see someone like Taylor Swift, who has a history of engaging with their fans from a, in a unique way. And I don't think it's too far of a stretch to see her engaging with fans when it comes to NFTs. That could be a token-gated playlist on Spotify, which Spotify has been experimenting with. And she's the largest streamer on Spotify in 2023. It could be unique access to pre-sales. NFT is just the perfect tool to wrap that all into to give the fans a better experience and to help them connect with artists like Taylor Swift. That's one NFT project I will buy into. Same here. Same here. We're big Swifties over here, Bitwise. Ryan, thanks so much for joining Markets Daily this morning. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Jen. That was crypto analyst at Bitwise, Ryan Rasmussen. That's it for today's show. For more interviews and macro news on the digital asset space, check out Coindesk's First Mover, also hosted by me, Jen Snassi. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, alongside senior booking producer Melissa Montanez and executive producer Jared Schwartz. I'm your host, Jen Snassi. We'll be back tomorrow with more Markets Daily. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA, members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.